stand by while NCLA cuts through the noise to signal abuse of administrative power. This is Administrative Static with Mark Chenoweth and John Vecchione. Welcome back to Administrative Static. As John mentioned, uh, Janine Yunus is here as as a co-host, and so we're going to have to change that intro, Janine, to <laughs> to get uh, to get you included in uh, in our uh, in our opener there. But uh, we're wanted to talk about one of your cases uh, in this segment, uh, Hogue v. Newsom. Now we talked about this case before because the California Legislature passed a, a new law repealing the the law at issue that was threatening doctors' licenses if they said something against the contemporary scientific consensus around COVID, and Governor Newsom signed that repeal, uh, but there's still some sort of cleanup litigation uh, going on. So what what exactly is re- remains to be done in the Hogue v. Newsom case? Well, the <clears throat> the repeal doesn't actually take effect until January 1st. So Under the terms of the law, law that passed? Yeah. Okay. So there, there's a couple months um, you know, in which doctors are still subject to being uh, disciplined under this law. Um, so the, but the injunction's still in place from for, the Eastern yes. District of California in the Hogue case from Judge Shub. That's right, but that injunction actually only applies to the plaintiffs in that case, which uh, is a is a large number of people because we have five plaintiffs. But then uh, our case was it was would you say consolidated or it was heard alongside another case called Wang, uh, and one of the plaintiffs there is Physicians for Informed Consent, which you know has a lot of members, so. Uh, but technically, the injunction is only in effect as to them. So um, the government is arguing in both this case and McDonald versus Lawson, which is in the Ninth Circuit and had the opposite outcome. The judge denied the preliminary injunction that uh, the case is moot because the statute is about to be repealed. The uh, And is that the usual rule for mootness, that if something's about to happen, <laughs> that it makes it moot? Because that's not how I usually think of it. No, but they've agreed to various things like we'll stay, so we won't we won't enforce the law if you just agree to this. But, you know, we don't really want that because uh, we, we think a ruling on this is warranted. Um, the, otherwise, the government can just do this kind of thing again. So Sure, capability of repetition and evading review, right? That's the usual standard for a judging mootness. Yeah, and I think one reason the government is so eager to have this declared moot is because they don't want a case law that it looks like it's about to go against them. <laughs> right, right. So. Well, that's what, to me, that's what, what it sort of bothers me is they had a really bad argument at the Ninth Circuit. Let me let me put it as a question. Suppose that the Ninth Circuit argument had gone really well for the government. Do you I, think that that the legislature would have passed this law and yeah. Governor Newsom would have signed it? No, I don't I think don't they either. would. And even if they had, I don't think the the uh, attorney general would be arguing that it, the, uh, the case is moot because I think they would want a, a Ninth Circuit ruling in their favor. Um, so they, you know, they lost in our case. The judge wrote a pretty long um, opinion explaining why he thought the law was unconstitutional at the preliminary injunction phase. Uh, And then the Ninth Circuit, two of the three judges appeared to be very strongly against the government, and uh, they they appeared to think the law was unconstitutional. So a decision from the Ninth Circuit, uh, they heard the case in July, so it's it was, you know, could be imminent. But there's but, some new briefing in, yeah. in the McDonald case at the Ninth Circuit on the mootness issue. Is that that's is that right? right? Yeah, and, and, and so that was ordered by the panel. 
Yes, and actually our judge just ordered uh, the same thing, so briefing in, uh, on the mootness issue in the Hogue case. So which one so, do you want to talk about? You want to talk about well, McDonald or Hogue? Or? Well, we haven't briefed it yet, okay. so, All right. so, so we can talk the, about McDonald. McDonald they they make some really good arguments. Uh, one of them is that the repeal of the law doesn't ensure that doctors won't be punished for speech that occurred before repeal of the law. So, do, so the law might be repealed, going forward, but that doesn't mean that they can't be disciplined for anything they said in 2023. So I thought that was a, a, a strong argument. The other argument, which I really liked, um, is that there are all these misinformation laws springing up throughout the country. I, I wasn't even aware of some of them. There's like uh, Missouri, I think, is punishing people who spread misinformation. Missouri prohibits pharmacists from disputing the state's view of certain politically controversial medications. Puerto Rico has criminalized spreading misinformation declared during a period of emergency. So they're arguing like, th this is... <laughs> Someone this might, is might want to tell the Missouri Attorney General about that since, <laughs> yeah. they, since, since they seem to have a position on that issue. I don't know how to reach <laughs> <I mean>. him. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, but uh, I think the broad point is that, and uh, you know, we have our other uh, misinformation cases, Cengizi in Missouri where the government has involved been involved in censoring what it, what it deems to be misinformation. So the broader point they're making is that this is a real problem. You know, the, these state legislatures and the federal government appear to think that it's okay to censor misinformation. And so this really needs to be addressed. Um, and we can't, you know, we're not going to get that if the, the states just keep repealing laws instead of allowing people to actually get their day in court. Well, and it costs, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars, I'm sure over $100,000 in this case, probably a quarter million dollars in this case at least, to get to this stage where you don't even have a final judgment yeah. on it. And so uh, the, the amount of, of resources, and I know this isn't typically a, an argument that appeals very much to courts, uh, but tons of resources have been spent looking at this. And if, if courts, as you say, if legislatures can keep passing these laws and then you know, repealing them or pulling back on enforcement or whatever and never get judicial uh, judgments going against them, uh, then it then it then you don't have the deterrent effect that I think a judgment would create. It would, right. uh, and that would save everybody a whole lot of effort and trouble if the legislatures would stop passing laws like this. Right. And um, so where, where, where do they stand? They're in the Ninth Circuit? Yeah, and there, yeah, the, the arguments were in July, so there could be a decision any time from the Ninth Circuit. And uh, this has been fully briefed now, or there's or the government hasn't responded to these? The government has responded, and okay. uh, in my opinion, not very um, and what persuasive. Are they, what do they say? <laughs> they just say, you know, it's moot, it's being repealed. What, um, <laughs> what do they say about that argument, though, that there's nothing stopping prosecutors for getting you for past violations? Because if... if uh, if we repeal the marijuana laws, but they're prospectively repealed, there's nothing to stop me as a prosecutor from prosecuting somebody who had marijuana before the law was passed, unless the law addresses it. Um, it's not like I, 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 you know, that weight is gone from you. And I think the same would be true for doctors here, unless it's very explicit um, that it, that it, it, it the, is the law explicit that it, it gets rid of uh uh, any liability for past violations? No, no. So they, interestingly, the court just ordered them both to submit um, letter briefs at the same time. So there's no response, actually. I don't uh, know if they're, okay. yeah. I don't know. I, That's good, they, actually, because it suggests the court wants to get a decision out quickly. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we'll get something from the Ninth Circuit before, you know, the end of the year or 
I would settle for December 31st. Yeah, I'd be, exactly. I'd, I'd be okay with that. I just, I'd just i like to see a decision on this. I think it's important for all the reasons that you said, uh, Janine. So yeah. what's the so then what's the timeline in, in the Hogue uh, case? So it, and actually, let me ask that differently. Did Judge Shubb ask for a briefing on the mootness issue in Hogue v. Newsom after the Ninth Circuit ha- had asked for it in McDonald? Is, yes. that, is that what prompted him? Yeah. Or? Well, we don't know if that's what prompted him. He's a pretty, he's on top of things. So I imagine he... Um, the government had argued that it was moot, so. So he asked for briefing. Yeah. Oh, they had made was, a, like a wait, motion for dismissal. Sorry, of no, mootness, I got that mixed up with something okay. else. Okay. <laughs> there, the, no, so I think he just suspante su- uh, did it. A- asked yes. for the briefing. Yeah, so okay. he must have been aware of what's going on. And so yeah. then, what's the schedule there? When when will you be? When will NCLA be submitting? Uh, it's brief to the Eastern District of California. Our brief, our uh, brief is due on the 29th, I think, something 26th, 29th, and then uh, uh, November. Yes, and then okay. it's going to be argued on the 18th of December. Okay. So, and then given his past uh, uh, performance, we would expect a decision on the 20th of December. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Well, you know, the thing about California district judges, and this is not just Shub, although he's very good about this, is that they kind of follow that, what I call that crazy rule in California, where when you go to court on the door before you go in, oftentimes paste it is what they call their uh, their uh, preliminary decision. And it's what they've already come up with from the briefing. Oh, and really? so you can read if you won or lost before you go in to argue, <laughs> which I think- That's got to be deflating. Yeah. And I think that it, and, and that's the state rule, but many, many district court judges follow it. And I think it violates um, article three case or controversy. I don't think you can have, I think it's an advisory um, opinion. I think it's unconstitutional. I have never, I have never should, done it. But you should bring that. Every, everyone, in, everyone in California thinks it's absolutely normal. And they look at me like a kook when I say that. So I just have to say the, the legal practice. How do you know that's the reason, John? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But I, I think it, that that, uh, what I consider an odd practice, I've never seen anywhere else, yeah. is just totally normal to the bar and bench of California. Wow. So they're always ready. <laughs> Well, interesting. So, uh, so we'll we'll have uh, briefings uh, by the end of of November and argument in, in mid December. Uh, and and is this also going to be uh, letter briefings submitted simultaneously, or or is the order here sort of you first and government or something something like that? You know what? I I'm not sure. Oh, okay. Didn't <laughs> I? I'm not. Didn't, didn't mean to. A, didn't mean to stop yeah, the host. I'm not getting ECF notifications, so I this information was conveyed by somebody. Else. Oh, all right, all right. Well, we'll have to we'll have to fix that. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so, uh, in any event, uh, we'll know by the end of of the year for sure whether or not the Ninth Circuit issues a decision. Yeah. Let me ask this: If the Ninth Circuit issued a decision saying that it's moot, uh, that McDonald's right. moot, then we would expect Judge Shub to be bound by that, right? Or or, or no? I. I think so, unless we could come up with something that distinguished that decision our, that our clients had, you know. Different argument or different it. facts. Yeah. That's all you got. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It could be a little tough. <laughs> okay. But, uh, um, but, but chances are, uh, if, uh, um, if the Ninth Circuit decision hasn't come down, then the oral argument could take place in, in mid-December and, uh, and Judge Shub would, would perhaps uh, give, us, give us a ruling on this. And let's hope that that happens because yeah. I think for all the reasons you said, this would be this would be good. Any any final thoughts as we wrap up this segment? Um, I don't think so. I think, <laughs> well, the one thing about Hogue that I, I think is, is that the preliminary injunction did in a lot of good 
for liberty in California. Yes, it is. And the idea that we don't get a final order and it's just sort of this preliminary thing would be a real tragedy. So I do hope by some way they keep it alive and let it be a final judgment. Okay, we'll be right back after this. 